Words from the Hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. Yesterday, I saw Pastor Eva Dan Yusuf teach. Um, very powerful, restoring your soul, family. Then I PI also came, replenished from eating, and I saw it. I think I missed TY's own, I had to travel, so. Uh, I was in prison yesterday in Ghana. Yeah, I had to preach to some prisoners. So that's how come I missed. <laughs> yeah, you were scared, I know. <laughs> Amen. And so that's how come I missed yesterday. So we were watching online in and out of the service and airport. Um, today I have a simple job to do. Most profound, most important. In fact, I was excited in my hotel room coming to preach this to you. Um, I wish I could stay longer, but I know we'll prepare because it seems Nigeria is making me stay one day. I just go one day, I just go. So I'm to speak on replenish creation. I might say some things that might be too confronting to your theology. I have a motto and a mantra. If you cannot use a scripture to explain what you said, that's your beautiful sunesis. Paul said, I too have the Holy Ghost. I can speak my mind. So it is a mind or an opinion or an operation that satisfies your present state. And usually, spiritually, those things are called facts. Facts can be outgrown. So it's a fact that at a point in your Christian life, you could cry and God will hear you. But it's not truth that when you mature, he'll hear your tears. He will need you to come to maturity. A place where you say, I embrace the cross. Jesus cried before he met the cross. If it is possible, take this cup away. But when he said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done, he kissed the cross. He loved it more than his life. No wonder even eternity for everyone that will follow him. He said, I bless you with the blessing of the cross. If you will follow me, take that same cross and let it follow you. And if you follow Christ, the cross will kill people around you. Simeon prophesied to Mary and said, he will be a mighty man. God will raise him and he will bring them that are far and nigh in Luke chapter 2. Then he came to say, but you Mary, your soul shall be pierced by a sword. That was the day she saw her son die. It means the cross is a sword that will pierce your soul and all you like for all God wants. Replenish creation. Let me start. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Once upon a time, God, in his glory, in his state of aloneness, he was not lonely but alone. And the play of words implies that he was all in one. Everything was in God. And it sounds to bring the reason that when he even decided to create, he didn't create in a vacuum. He created in himself. What that means is that Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3 does not say that by faith God created the world. He says by faith God through the word framed. And the word framed in the Greek is katatizos, which means to say to repair or to put a dislocated joint back in socket. 
It is the same word that's used for mending nets. Catatizos. So faith does not create. I told you I worry you today. Faith is not a creative force. Faith is a manifestative energy. Hear what I'm going to say. Where God created was in a man. For in him were all things made. Nothing was made without him. So without is not exemption. Without means it's external. That's the word without, John 1. So all things were made in him. Nothing was made without. It means nothing you see was outside Jesus at creation. He created in a person. Because if you understand the balance of creation, you need vacuum and controlled environment to ensure what you create is not erratic. So he found the person and fixed it in him. That is why faith is the calling forth of what is. Not the creation of what doesn't exist. If you think faith that way, your faith will never work. Because you think God is going to give you a car because it doesn't exist. It exists in another sphere. And it is faith that pulls it from that realm to sight. So, when God was creating, he created in a person. So it is a controlled environment. The sun, the moon, the stars, in him. No wonder when he was dying, the sun said, my creator is dying. Yeah. He went off for three hours. He saluted the Messiah. <laughs> He's the force of gravity. That's why when he was tearing the temple veil, he didn't go according to the patterns of gravity. He went reverse. That's why they say it was God. Because he should come from the top to the down. But he went from the down to the top. He reversed the pattern. He walked on water. For five kilometers, this man was just jogging on the water. <laughs> because Job asks, Hast thou known the depth of the sea that thou can draw its line thereof? Time will fail us to get into the entire creation mastery. Because if you understand creation, there is no way no demon threatening you on this earth. You don't know God. Daniel said in Daniel 11:32, 32, they that know their God shall be strong. It means the true knowledge of God exerts strength. If you really know God, you will never be weak. So your weakness in this life is insufficient knowledge of God. If you know God, you will be like Daniel. The lion's den is no threat. Makaporo satina. But the shocking thing about knowing God is God cannot be lent. He is being lent. It's a continuous process. This in the Hebrew says, they that keep knowing their God. Because Hosea 6.3 says, then shall we know if we follow on to know. So knowing is not yesterday's knowledge. Let me even bring you to a certain statement I made recently. Faith can expire. Faith has an expiration date. It expires by the second. So if you think after service you have faith, tomorrow you don't have faith. Faith cometh by hearing, not heard. Hearing. So if you are not hearing tomorrow what you heard today, you have entered hope. You are aware, but it's not producing results. Church of God. Sunday message is not because you want to be a pastor. 
Sunday message is to create an environment by which what you heard was created to be sustained by creation. So it means that if I heard something that created a miracle in this meeting, I have to sustain that environment for tomorrow by hearing the same thing so that the full manifestation of what God created whilst I heard the first time will continue a process. So by next Sunday, I didn't have half testimony. The entire contract appeared because Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, after hearing today, I got a text. It didn't end there. I have to hear tomorrow, then they'll make a meeting. Then I'll hear on Tuesday and we'll sit in the office. Then I'll hear on Wednesday and we'll sign the contract. Then I'll hear on Thursday and the money will enter my account. Then on Friday, I've cashed it. So by Sunday, every day hearing brought the full picture of what I was waiting for. Replenish creation. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, having said this, Now, the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 14, it says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For God hath not given us the spirit of bondage to fear again, but hath given us the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. And he said, The Spirit of the Lord testifies with our spirit that we are the sons of God. Then he says, If we are children, then heirs. And if heirs, then joint heirs with Christ. Then verse 18 says, For I reckon that the present suffering of this time is not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed. For the earnest expectation of the creature or creation waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. 20 is the issue. For creation itself was not made subject to vanity willingly but by reason of the same who has subjected it into hope. Yeah. Now, the word vanity in the Greek is the word matayotis, which means to say nothingness or uselessness. So creation had a use. Adam subjected it into uselessness. Adam subjected creation to uselessness. Now, hear this. According to Ephesians chapter 2, the verse number 10, the Bible says that for we are the workmanship of God created in him, you know, or predestinated or created in him before the foundations of the before a time forth, that we may what? Verse go there, verse Ephesians 2:10. He said that we may show forth or work in those good works that he has already ordained. Now, the word workmanship here is a word poema. It's the same word for masterpiece. So he says, for we are the masterpiece of God. Leonardo da Vinci's masterpiece is the Mona Lisa. Now, if you understand the history of Leonardo da Vinci, he was not a painter. He was a scientist. So he was in chemistry. He was in physics. He even, some of Archimedes' principles, he used it for flight and all that. That's Leonardo da Vinci. Then we have Michelangelo also, who was also a scientist. Also's masterpiece, so inside of all his scientific writings and discoveries, his masterpiece was the finger of God, that picture, Michelangelo. That means that the word masterpiece is the master of all the pieces of a creator. So there are many pieces of creation, but the master or the height or the full expression of the creative prowess of the creator is what we call masterpiece. 
But I tell you something interesting. In spite of the vastness of this universe and its beauty, the stars, the sun, the moon, and the entire constellations of galaxies, Andromeda, Cassiopeia, and all these whirlpool galaxies and Milky Way galaxies, all the galaxies we see, and the sun, Aurora Borealis, you know, Hercules, you know, Oras, Centuries, Proximus, all the stars you see, and the magnitude of the, the asteroids, the meteors, all those dimensions that when you get to space, your heart skips a beat. Bible says it's not his masterpiece. In fact, Psalm 33 verse 6 says, by the word of the Lord were the heavens made and by his breath. So all the galaxies that are so grand, he blew air. Plus the angels. The angels are not his masterpiece. One cherub has four faces. I was telling somebody recently, there's a CGX attempt to describe the angels on internet. I beg your pardon. Even the prophet Ezekiel used similes like unto. So don't try. Don't try thinking that you see an eye with a lot of eyes and a wink and that is the, that's not the angel's appearance. Please, don't try. Listen, Jesus walked on the face of the earth. Now his beloved, whose head was always on his chest, saw him in Revelations 1 and was afraid. Because this man was weird. White hair, not gray hair. I said this. Gray means he's aged. White means its original color. Eyes as fire. Voice like many waters. Feet like brass. It does not look like the Jesus he knew. He knelt down. He said, sorry, sir. That means the child of God, that gentle Jesus who comes to sit by your side like a cool dude, it's not the real appearance. It is what you can handle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I said, child of God, as he is, so are we. we. It does not appear how we shall be like. But when we see him, if he is water, we'll be water. If he is fire, we'll be fire. Hebrews 12, 29 says, our God is a consuming fire. He was lifted up in the, in the wilderness as a brazen serpent. The day we see him, we'll be scared. No wonder Isaiah saw him and said, woe is me. I'm undone. And the seraphs, the burning ones, Bible says they were so shocked, they said one to another, not to the Lord. So it was not worship. Yeah. If it was worship, it is to the Lord. But one to another, it is exclamation and salutation. Holy. This is holy. Holy. So the language of fellowship is the statement holy. Yeah. And how could that fellowship be achieved? They had to cover themselves. Yeah. The church is struggling in fellowship because we are not covered. With two, they covered themselves. With two, they cover their eyes, and with two, they flee. So today, you see, men of God cannot fellowship because we are not covered. There is not one glory. There are our glories. So we are struggling to say holy, holy about the most. The Lord. The Lord. Forgive me, I'm a prophet who teaches. So sometimes when I'm teaching, I send prophetic bullets. Collect it. It will help your spirit life. Hallelujah. So allow my detours. I fought it for a long time. Sometimes I want to be a strict teacher, but I allow my detours because it ministers to somebody. Hallelujah. Amen. This God, this God stood in a realm of timeless conception 
Before there was the first seraph, he was all satisfied, all pleasured, all content. Nothing you are doing is offending God. If God says he's angry, it is relational. It's not his state. When God came to speak to Moses, do you think he didn't know Israel was annoying him? He needed somebody to talk to. His relationship. That's why you were even created. You were created for his pleasure. Revelations 4 verse 11. But the Greek word for pleasure, there is will. Other versions uses his will, not, not excitement. Will. Because without love, the lover has no object to love. So if God says he loves, what do you love? So you got to create the receivers of love so that the circuit of love is complete. That's why man came. To receive his love. To receive all God is. So receiving from God is your highest purpose. When he met the Samaritan woman, she went to fetch water. But when she met Messiah, who also said, I test? Everybody was testing for something. When they met, what will make them satisfied? Jesus left without drinking water or even eating. The woman left without fetching a bucket. That means what was empty was also empty in the Lord. When she drank of the Lord, her drinking from the Lord satisfied her and satisfied the Lord. Anytime you receive from God, it satisfies him more. That's why I said to Martha, 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 you are careful for many things. But Mary has desired that one thing. You want to wash my feet, but she is ready to receive from me. <laughs> Let's go back to creation. As we stood on the balance of time, we saw a man begin to speak. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was form and without, you know, was void and without form. Now the Hebrew says, ha ires tohuva bohu. What it means to say is the earth became. It was not. It became. In Jeremiah chapter 4, from the verse number 20 down to 23, the Bible speaks about how that Jeremiah said, I stood and I watched, and there was no man. There was no bird in the sky. And the earth became void and without form. That means prior to that time, there were birds. Bo. Prior to that time, there were creatures. And there I even say, there were men. Ezekiel said in chapter 28 about Lucifer, that has trafficked the heavens and the earth. And the kings that sleep in glory joined you for a battle. That means there were kings on earth before Adam showed up. Those are the people. It's appointed unto man to die once and after death judgment. But Revelation 20 said, the sea shall give up the dead. There is a category of people, they are still locked up in the sea. We shall all change. Our body shall come from the grave and meet us in the sky. Wherever it was, it will come up. But there is a category of people, their bodies will not meet. It's still stored up in the waters for a certain day. He convinced men in merchandise. Lucifer was a trader with who? There were certain men. But those men were not in the category of God. Because the moment you come to what God said in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, be fruitful and multiply and replenish. It means once upon a time. He didn't say replenish with vegetables or replenish with goats. Replenish with men. So replenish means once upon a time there were certain men that were here. (laughs) 
I have 15 minutes. Pastor C is here. Pastor C is because of you I'm preaching like this. So. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> and this is the whole point. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea. This is where I have a problem with. Because according to God's semantic protocol, according to Acts chapter 1 verse 8, it says, And ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost comes over you, and ye shall be witnesses both in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and the outermost parts of the world. So it means you start from where you are to where the outermost part of the world is. But when it came to creation, Adam had to start from the outermost to where he stays. See, dominate the sea. Then the air. Before where you stay, F. Notice, he tells Adam to start from the sea, then come to the air, and these are places he doesn't stay at. Then he should come to where he was made from, the earth. Now, what has a fish done that you need to dominate it? (laughs) The moment you see dominion, it means there are executive forces beyond the name fish. This is the reason why no matter how we pray in Lagos, if we don't understand the technology of rivers and lakes around this city, there will be a problem. There are rivers that must first be dominated before the nation hears what God has to say. It's the reason why Jesus went to Zebulon and Naphtali, the land of Galilee. It was a sea bank. 89% of his ministry was there. Because he needed to dominate waters for the work to be done. Hmm. <laughs> the man appears. But in the description of man, in Genesis 2, 5 and 6, there was no man. There was no tree, sorry, because there was no man on the earth. And I was asking God, Why? So verse 6 says, God caused a mist to come out of the ground and water the earth. In fact, there were three things that were happening here. Number one, there were no, no appearance of anything God had created. Number two, there was no man. And number three, it couldn't rain. Do you know man is responsible for rain? I'm not preaching on dominion today, but he said it in the book of Micah chapter 4 verse 8. Remember the first dominion. O daughter of Jerusalem, there is a first dominion. And Job 38 describes this. He says, has thou known the womb of the ice? Or has thou known where there is a storage of the hoary frost and the hailstone? In Judges 5.20, the Bible said they fought from heaven. All the stars in their courses against Sisera. And actually what they were doing was God was raining stones whilst they were using swords. So God, Bible, it's what I said. He said, Job, in the book of Job, hailstones are preserved for the day of battle. This is the thing I want to show you today. Now, this Adam could not, and God, sorry, God could not make what he has created to appear because there was no man. I'm going to say something that will worry you, but go and read about it. Okay, that's why it's the word. Hmm? Go and read. The Bereans went to study what Paul, can you imagine Paul is preaching and you go investigate whether Paul is not lying, Paul. <laughs> so it means that if there's any gospel you are preaching as contrary to what you are hearing, go and research yourself and find out. That's nobility in scripture. They were more noble. Amen. Amen. Now, what happened was this. This Adam 
when he came to the scene, now became what I just explained to you. Creation, remember, is in the person. So God now tells him, I will make you call the tree. But the Hebrew for call is not just giving a name. The Hebrew Shem, that's the word name, means to give character, function, ability, and status. So when you name a thing, you are calling forth from a realm. So it means God has created in a certain realm. If you are struggling with this, God does not create physically. He is spirit. You have to go to the spirit to see what he has already done. So he said in Hebrews 8.5, see that ye build according to the patterns you saw in the mountain. So there is a pattern of the tabernacle in heaven for which Moses built on earth. Now let me ask you a question. How did we know a lion has uh, you know, whiskers and a big meme and all that. Because in the eternities, when he created the first time, there were cherubs that had four faces. So when Adam said lion, he was not speaking from guesswork. Heaven had the picture of a lion. Because even Messiah was already called, listen, he was not lion because he created one. He was lion for which a lion was named. So he was already an eagle before he said this will be called eagle. So the description of an eagle is not what God took a form from. It is the eagle who took the form of God. That's what it meant. So when he said, let us make man in our own image and in our own likeness, he said, the Lord God made Adam in his image. It means man was already described. Adam was not the first impulse or the manifestation of the man in the image of God. Yeshua was. Jesus was. So man was not a new term. Man was an existing reality in another realm. But this is what I want to show you. Adam showed up on the scene and by his speech and by his conversation, he was pulling from what is in Christ and the realm of the spirit into the natural. This will be tree. This will be rain. That is why if you read scripture, God said to Job, in Job chapter 38 verse 1, who is he that speaketh without understanding? He that speaks darkening counsel. Answer me like a man. The word man there is Gebar, a man who is clothed with his full regalia in oppression as a workman. That's the Gebar. Where were you when I laid forth the boundaries of the sea? It means Adam was involved in that practice. Go read Job 38. You will know that that was... He said, Behemoth and Leviathan, they were puppies to Adam. He chained them by the neck and led them into the waters. He said, where were you? When the lightning came and said to Adam, here we are. So lightning will, before lightning strikes, it will come with all the electric jones and the electrons vibrating in front of Adam. And Adam will say, go there and strike over there. What am I trying to tell you? Deuteronomy 20 verse 19 says, a man's life is the tree. All I'm trying to bring your mind to is this. To replenish creation is to replenish man. Because man died and creation suffered. That means when man comes alive, creation will come back to life. Don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. The devil is alive. Amen. When man comes to life, creation will also come back to life. Are we here together? Amen. Amen. Don't worry. eh? Don't worry. So what happened is this, that the moment God began to create, he created in a vessel, a being, the entire
of the connection of the universe to that person. Yes. So for rain to fall is dependent on a man. For the clouds to form, that's why I said, I see the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain and he will start making clouds. He won't send rain. It means man is the cloud maker. Elijah said, go to the sea. I know convection. There is condensation. There is wind and con uh, convection for the rain to fall. But I tell you the truth. There is no water in the earth for three and a half years. Let's go to the sea. So the day it rained in Jerusalem, in Israel on Camel, it was salty water. If you understand how rain is formed, it's formed on the earth. But there was no water in the earth. So God had to move to the ocean. And on top of the ocean, he was, he was condensing and heating up the waters. And it was creating cloud. And a man went down and came by and said, Come, move to the earth. And it began to rain. There's a dominance you must have to bring back what has been destroyed. Creation has been suffered and sent into crack and uselessness and deformity and it's because man himself is deformed because he says in Proverbs 4.23 guard your heart with all diligence out of it comes the issues of life please take your time to read that scripture well I read it in the Hebrew text and said I was scared you know what he said guard your heart with all diligence the various seasons of your life happen that means if you are in a dry season you were dry inside <laughs> your seasons are described and created from your inside. That's why I say, guard it. Else you will be in plenty. But because your heart is in scarcity, you will never enjoy the good. Because your heart is off. Can you imagine they went to a land flowing with milk and honey. They brought the grapevine of Eshcol and they brought a report of the fruit. Yet they reported and said, we could not even eat the fruit of the land. And you are holding it in your hand. The scarcity and limitation in their heart is what denied them access into their blessing. So having said this, I quickly jump this way. He now says, in 1 Corinthians 3 verse 9, that we are co-laborers with the Lord. Colon. We are the Lord's husbandry and we are the builders together or the building of the Lord. Now the word husbandry is from the word husband. And husband, King James says, husband man. And the Greek word for husband is the word Georgos or George. So the name George means husband. And it also means farmer. So other versions, NIV, ASV says, we are the lost garden. So you seated here, God carried a garden and placed in a garden. <laughs> so when the garden without was going to fail it was the garden within that had died yes. if you've watched this movie it can give you a picture the shaft you know, the angel took her to a field and said this is your heart and there were various plants and creatures and he said it's your heart that is creating your situations we had the last garden there but when we get to the Garden of Eden, there's a technology of God that occurs all the time. Now, there's one scripture we use all the time in Isaiah chapter 59, verse 19. And the Lord shall rise from the west, and his glory shall be seen from the rising of the sun. And when the enemy shall come in like a flower, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard. Uh, there was a problem in the semantics there, because if you read it in from verse 18, he was speaking of the adversaries that will come, and the Lord shall destroy. So he says, the Lord shall come like a flower to destroy the adversary. 
Now, if you read scripture very well, floods were caused by God, not Satan. God caused the Noahic flood. There's a flood that has occurred in generations, and it was from God. Now, they put the comma at the wrong place, so it created a problem. I want to bring your mind to something very important as a technology. When the enemy shall come in, comma, like a flood, it is the spirit of the Lord who lifts up the standard of the flood. You can try other versions. It will put in, con in context that it's the Lord who comes. The Lord who comes like a bellowing rivers. It's a deep it unto deep. At the noise of thy water sprouts, all thy rivers and thy billows are gone over me. This technology is the technology of the river. In the garden, there was a watershed. According to Genesis chapter 2 verse 10. And that watershed broke out of the garden and went into the four parts of the earth. It went to different locations. But these waters were not just normal waters. They implied something. What does that mean? Psalm 65, the verse number 9 said, And thou watereth the earth, and thou visited it, and thou enriched the earth with the river of God, which is full of water. Semicolon. Thou hast provided his corn, and hast given them that which you have provided for. So what he's trying to tell you is this, that God visits with water. And his water is a river. So thou visited the earth and enriched the earth with the river of God, which is full of water. Psalm 46, the verse 3 and 4 says, The water shall bellow and the mountain shall swell up. But it says, There is a river of whose streams whereof shall make glad the city of the living God on the sides of the tabernacles of the Most High. <laughs> So God will praise with rivers. He says, in Ezekiel's temple, in Ezekiel 47, he said, I went to the eastern gate and I saw a water coming out of the temple. It moved about a thousand cubits and it was at my knee, my, my ankle. Then it moved again, a thousand cubits again was at my, at my knee. Then again to my waist, then before it took over me. Then he said, the waters flowed to the desert. It flowed to Engeti. It flowed to Eniglam. And there were fishes. So it was the technology of the water from the Eastern Gate. And in context, he spoke about the tarrying of the spirit who had to leave the temple. And he was tarrying and was trying not to go and was waiting at the Eastern Gate before he departed. And before he departed, he used the technology of water. He said the water entered the desert and became healed, a fruitful field. He entered Eniglam and Engedi. And the waters were healed and produced fishes. There is something about the waters and how God will praise with them. But what are these waters? I said we are the garden of the Lord. So these waters are in us. So like Pastor Isi was saying yesterday, everything you see in the garden is you. <laughs> the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's why he said, an answer of the tongue it's, it's a, 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 what do you call it? The answer of the heart is like a tree of life. So the tree of life is within you already. <laughs> and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is also within you. <laughs> we are the garden of the Lord. It's inside you. But he says the way this garden will cause a replenishing to creation is by waters. Interestingly, there are three things that characterize the garden. The waters and trees. 
Let me actually, it's actually two. The waters and trees. So in Ezekiel's statement in chapter 31, I think the verse number 19, he speaks about how that Eden has gone to the nether regions with all the trees and the waters. So the nether regions is the underworld. So what happened was this. When man fell and God blocked the entrance of Eden, Eden was now swallowed up with Lucifer because now Lucifer now owns it. And it was inverted to the underworld. That is why there was a place in Luke chapter 16 called Abraham's bosom, called paradise. So Eden, which was the paradise of God, went under the earth. It's the reason why when Jesus was coming out of the grave, according to Ephesians chapter 4, he didn't lead captives captive. He led captivity. It means the entire concept, the prisons, the, the, the warden, the captives themselves, entire captivity, and relocated it to heaven, fulfilling Psalm 24. After Psalm 23, when he walked through the valley of the shadow of death, 24 said, lift up your earth, O ye gates. Oh, be lifted, you everlasting doors. Then an angel asked, why? He left heaven as the word to incubate Mary. But he returned with a body. Remember, no angel has seen his face till he was born. So, the way we see things is not how angels see things. That's why which things they desire to look into. First Peter 1 12. The gospel we have, the angels don't know it. If we don't preach it, they're handicapped. To which intent? Ephesians 3.10. The church shall show to principalities, powers, and angels the many sides of the wisdom of God. So all this while, they've not learned the wisdom of God. It's the church that is teaching the angels. Yes, yes. That's the and Lucifer is also an angel. That's why when God told Adam, don't eat of the tree, Lucifer didn't know what God talks so he came to ask Adam, has God said, it is Eve that showed him the tree they shouldn't eat. That means I can be speaking in English here. But you see? <laughs> I might make declarations in the spirit as you hear. But you see, just as he said, we can hear the tongues you are speaking, but we can't decipher it. Simple picture, Paul said, on the road to Damascus in Acts 26-27, he says, the Lord appeared to me and said to me, so, so, why persecuted me? He said, they that were with me saw the light and heard the voice, but didn't hear the content of the voice. So God was speaking to Paul. They all saw the light, but they were here mumbling words. It's the same way you're standing here. But you think you are sitting in a chair, but you are seated in heavenly places. So as you speak in tongues, demons hear, so someone's like, I don't want to tell people my plans because the devil hears. Hey, 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 hey. Then you did it in the flesh. If you only do it in the spirit, there's no way the Holy Ghost will incubate Satan's eardrums to hear what God was telling you as a personal prophecy. How? No eye has seen. No ear has heard. That's why if I prophesy in the spirit, everything I say, though it's audible, even the people by you didn't understand what I said. Because they thought, ah, why is he saying there will be restoration? But she doesn't look like she will be restored. Only you know, and God knows what restoration we are talking about. There are times we even prophesy to people, sir. One day one of my daughters came to me, I said, ah, you are not well. He said, well, daddy, I'm fine. I said, no, you're not well. A week later, she called me, said, there's trouble in my house. I said, yes, I saw it last week. So I saw it a week before you said you are not well. That's how it is. So sometimes you can receive prophecy. It doesn't look like what you're going through now, but it's an incubation. That's why the devils don't even understand. How you are still fulfilling things and it was openly declared to everybody. 
replenish creation is by the waters. But the waters are not common waters. Psalm 137 verse 1 says, by the rivers of Babylon, we sat down and wept. That means there are some waters that create grief and pain. But there are other waters which makes glad. There are rivers that make you weep. And there are other waters that make glad. Child of God, I bring you the technology of the waters. And thou shalt be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of the house. And thou shalt cause us to drink of the rivers of thy pleasures, of thy eating. Psalm 36 verse 8 and verse 9. With thee is the fountain of life. And in thy light we see light. <laughs> There's a drinking of the rivers of his pleasure. And the eating of the fatness of his house. But how do we get there? In Genesis chapter 2, the verse number 10, it said the waters parted into four heads. Now the number one is the only one God. Number two is the word or the number for testimony. Number three is the triune trinity. Four is the number of creation. Four cardinal points, four seasons, four. Four, four living creatures, four. Five is the number of grace or breath. Hey. The breath of God. The word hey in the Hebrew is the word for grace, which also means the window or the breath of God. Then six is the number of the fallen man. Then seven is a kind of completeness that is temporary. In this garden, four heads. And I end with these heads. <laughs> in these heads, number one, the first one was Pishon, the verse 11. And Bible says it encompasses the whole land of Havilah where there is gold. Next, 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 next. And this gold is not enough. He said that gold of the land is good and there is delium and there is also onyx stone. Now these three elements actually were found in the garden. Pastor Isi said it yesterday that if you understand Genesis 1, 2, 3, you can understand the scope of the Bible. Actually, from Genesis chapter 3, verse 7, I heard thy voice and I went to hide amongst the trees. He heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden. That is the beginning of redemption. Redemption ends at Revelation 20, when death, Hades, and Lucifer himself is casted into the lake of fire. Revelation 21 is the continuation of Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. So from 3, 7 to Revelation 20, the last verse, is redemption. And unfortunately, we've not even understood the full picture. <laughs> then I'm wondering how we'll know God. Because it's not, yeah, so if you go to Revelation 21, he says, and I saw a new heaven, and I saw a new earth, and I saw the bride of Christ, and I saw the husband. Why? In Genesis 2, for this cause, a man shall live. There was marriage, but before marriage, there was a house, heaven and earth. I'll tell you this. We are the workmanship of God, his masterpiece. And this workmanship is not even creatures. Do you know in the sea, it's only 92%, 8% of the sea has been discovered, explored, actually. So there's 92% of the depth of the sea we don't know. So Ogbanji and things, it's possible. Yeah. The Americans call it Atlantis, and Aquaman in Africa is Ogbanji. They are marine spirits. And they are ancient spirits. Actually, that is the god of the Philistines. He's called Dagon. Dagon. The Hebrew word for da and fish is the word dark or dagar. So Dagon is the fish god. When you enter the Philistine temples and you look at their pictures, their gods were mermaids. So Dagon was in the temple with half fish, half human. That is Dagon. So Banji is not today. 
It's an entity from the, from, the, from the beginning of time. Now, what is happening is this. What's happening is this. Now, for the operation of this reality of what God wanted to do through the garden, God now set in motion that man must become his masterpiece. But man fell. So the Hebrews chapter 2 said that, but he set all things. What is man that thou art mindful of him, the son of man that thou hast made him greater than thou hast created all things and has put it in his command. But we see not all things under his command, but we see Jesus. So in Jesus, the restoration of the original intention of God was achieved. And he, in Ephesians 1.22, he said, and gave him to the power to be the head to the church. So Jesus transmitted headship power to the church. So then the church became God's masterpiece. Do you know why? The instruments and equipments and foundational materials that were used to make the church, verse 23 said, which is his body. So the church cannot be improved. For the church to be improved, Christ must be improved. What the church must enter is the experience of our state. So he has presented unto himself, Ephesians 5, 27, a church without spot, without wrinkle, without any blemish therein. In the Greek, it's past aorist tense. It's happened already. The reason you can pray and say, Lord, forgive me, is because your forgiveness has been up. So asking forgiveness is going to the bank to cash a check. You've already come to the sprinkling of blood. Even if you are aware or not, you are already being sprinkled. Because if you understand the balance of forgiveness, it's not covering, it's removal. So who can lay any charge? It means when we get to your charge sheet, God has deleted all your charges. That's what it means. There is no charge to your name. Hey. But this is it. So the church is the masterpiece. So that church, which is the garden, also has to issue rivers. But hear me, follow me now. The first river is special. And I said to you that in the age to come, New Jerusalem also has certain metals. But in time, the metals change after we fail. Now, gold, we know. Onyx stone is precious stones. But delium actually is pearl. They are pearls. When man fell, delium was taken out of the picture. And what was introduced was silver. According to 1 Corinthians chapter 3 from 10 to 15. Every man should take heed how he builds. Upon this foundation, no man should lay except Christ. They say, you should take heed from 12. Build with gold with silver, with precious stone, either with hay, stubble, or grass. So, silver is actually for redemption. Do you know when we enter eternity, silver is not used again. The street is gold, the wall is precious stone, and the gates are pearl. That's why I said to you there was a junction. Silver was used for time. After time, we'll go back to pearls, and that'll be the gate. What is this pearl? What is this gold? What is this silver? Gold is the nature of God. Onyx stone is the... How onyx stone is God? It's precious minerals. And it comes through time, heat, and pressure. That's how precious stones are derived. They are taken as normal stones and heat and pressure works on it and breaks the carbon lattices and the carbon bonds reform. Then you have emerald. You have an expression of sardius. You have an expression of ruby because something has happened to their crystallization vortex. And all of a sudden you can see that these stones that were normal bricks have become beautiful. That's why every precious mineral is broken from a rock. 
and not at the surface, in the inner core of the rock. Because the heat is incubated inside the stone for it to form the preciousness. That's why the work of the Holy Ghost, according to Romans 8, 14, as many as are led, the Greek word led is ego, from the word agony. To be led by the Lord, there is agony in it. Because you like this thing, and it's not wrong. But God said, let it go. What is wrong with a movie? Why shouldn't I marry before 30? But God said, that's not your path. So there's a kind of agony that comes with choosing the way of the Lord. Because your flesh is accustomed to comfort. Your flesh is accustomed to the parallels and the water course and the course of this earth. You see, he says, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. So disobedience is an energy from hell. That's why it's, it's agony to obey God. It's agony to fast. There's the law of the spirit of life, which has made us free from the law of sin and death. Paul realized it. I'm trying my best to be good, but as much as I try, this body becomes wretched. Who shall deliver me from this body of death? And Pimo, actually, this body of death was a Roman sentence. When you murder somebody, they put the murdered being or person at your back. So you go to the shower with the dead body. You sit, that's what we call dead weight. That's where the English word dead weight comes from. It's a murdered individual that is strapped to you. You eat, bathe, sleep with that body for a number of days and months before he's taken off your body. And Paul said, that's how the flesh is. Do you know that anytime you want to pray, if you want to go to a party, you come alive. Like, it's easy. You want, to, you want to travel for a vacation, it's easy. Anything that is not spiritual, it's easy. It, you come, but the moment you say, I want to take God seriously, you know, there's this Windows thing. Bang, 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 bang. The body just shuts down. Bang. So it has become dead weight. The more you want to fast, but the body is asleep. So it becomes extra energy. We are going to evangelize. <laughs> if you have to do business marketing for a company, you will get into any bus and any car. But let it be evangelism. You will argue with the Holy Ghost. I can't disgrace myself. Why do I have to preach? These are strangers. I, I can't do that. But if it is, so please register with my bank. Get this insurance. You are easy to do it because the body is alive. If you know this technology, you will know that it's automatic. That when you want to do what is right, dead weight. So you need extra effort to fast. But when you were doing keto diet and intermittent fasting, easy. <laughs> replenish the earth replenish creation with the rivers that's gold, the standard of God unexpression, the working of the Holy Ghost but he said also there is delium, delium is a work pearl and pearl actually is formed from bruising the oysters or the mollusk, the mass you bruise it with a sand particle then the mollusk between to secrete certain beautiful colored fluid and covers it. So all the pearls you see, they are sand particles that is bruising the, the oyster. So it forms around it. That's what Jesus did. When he was pierced at his side, water and blood became our covering. That's why when we stand, 
according to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. We don't come because we prayed. We don't come because we fasted. We come because we are covered. We come because of the blood. We are covered with the luscious secretions of the blood of Christ mingled with water. The blood terminated the sin life and the water germinated the life of God. So we are covered in a beautiful mixture so God can say you deserve it. Even if you don't deserve it, you deserve it. Stand there. But patient means increase, free flowing. And I just told you that the river is the Holy Ghost. The river is the Holy Ghost. So increase. What does that mean? Child of God, how do you replenish the earth? You have to allow the increase of the Spirit to flow through you. Let it flow. Let it flow through you. One of the first ways is by singing. Some of you don't understand what singing is all about. That's why the world has understood that technology. One of the highest operations of the Illuminati is in the music world. If you don't understand, I'm telling you something today. They know what music does. It creates culture. Music influences. It can break what I'm telling. I'm telling. I'm telling. One of the things Christians suffer the most with, they can stop addictions, they can, but they can't stop bad music. There are some Christians here, they have, they have been a boy on their side. Yeah, yeah. They can't because music creates something. Yeah, yeah. It's creating something. And they understand it. Preaching <laughs> means increase. It's the increase of the flow. Somebody has to allow the Holy Ghost to flow. You are damning the flow. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 18, the verse 14, the spirit of the man shall sustain him in infirmity. And would that spirit who can bear? Your spirit is the solution to your life. Genesis 6 verse 3 says, it says, For the spirit of the Lord shall not strive with man anymore. And the word strive is the word adorn from the word Adonai. It means the Holy Ghost will not be the controller. And he said, because the Holy Ghost will not control man, man will live 700 and 800 to 120. That means if the Holy Ghost is your controller, you can increase your lifespan. Yes. The moment you stop listening to the Holy Ghost, your lifespan will reduce. Yes. He said, so the days of his life shall be 120. You keep disobeying him. That's why you keep failing. He must strive. Allow him to strive. I told you, leading means agony. I don't want to, but you must. <laughs> he said, by spirit or not, if man doesn't allow the... Today, when you go home, tell the Holy Ghost, strive with me. I like this, but take it, seize it. Wherever you will not take me, seize it from my hands. When the Holy Ghost is not striving with you, your lifespan reduces. And sir, I came to understand something. In John chapter 9, Jesus said, go to the pool called Saint. And the man was using clay, creation again, forming from the dust of the earth. Spatting it, created mud, put it on the side. He said, go to the pool called Saint. You know the shocking thing about the Holy Ghost? When he was brooding in Genesis chapter 1 verse 2, he was not flying. According to Isaiah chapter 40. Can you put that scripture there? Verse 11. I'll show you something. Very powerful. We quote this thing a lot of times. Thou hast measured the waters in the hollow of his hand. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 11. He measures the waters in the hollow of his hands. Look at that. Look at that. Is it coming up? Is it coming up? Look at that. Isaiah. Isaiah, Isaiah please. Isaiah chapter 40. Uh-huh. Isaiah chapter 40. That's not Isaiah chapter 40. Herosokabaya samamosa. Lemamofrakatosias. I want you to see this for your eyes and for your heart and for your spirit. If you are there already, you can check it. He measures, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Four zero, Isaiah four zero. Okay, go to 12. Isaiah four zero. Uh-huh. Four zero. Not 14, four zero. Four T. I 
I'm not, I'm not saying right. Am I saying right? 40? I know Ghana, we say pastor, but I suppose it's pastor. So I have to make sure he said, uh-huh, uh-huh, 12, go to 12. He said, thou hast measured the waters in the hollow of your hand. That means when the Holy Ghost was brooding, he was not brooding over something. He was brooding by dropping something. So as he was brooding, he was dropping water. That's why if you check it, he went to now rest at a location of the waters called the deep. He didn't hover over every part. He went to rest at a location called the deep because that's the entrance to some fallen angels. So he was the watchman over there. <laughs> so he didn't just move. He was dropping life as water. This scripture is in reference to the Holy Ghost, verse 13. Who? Being a counselor has directed the Spirit of the Lord. So it's the Holy Ghost who measured the nations on the balance. I, shocked, I was shocked when I found out this. The Lord said to me, says, do you know something? Even the heavens and the Godhead, our technology is a spirit. That's why even my son could not be impregnated, to, could not show up on earth without the Holy Ghost coming on Mary. It was not God who came on Mary. He said, the spirit shall overshadow you. And the thing you carry is the holy thing. No wonder in Acts 20, 28, the Holy Ghost claimed Jesus' blood. Take heed over the flock of God, which the Holy Ghost purchased with his own blood. It means Jesus' blood is the Holy Ghost's blood. The Father gives a child his blood. So Jesus' blood was the Holy Ghost's blood. <laughs> but this is the thing, sir. This spirit is the waters. He is the saint one. Because when he came, in John chapter 7, verse 37, on that great day of the feast, he stood in the temple and opened the book which was written. Out, he says, anyone that believeth, in verse 37, in the word which the Lord has spoken, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And he was talking of the Holy Ghost. That feast, they did it at the pool Siloam. If you read John 7 well, they were at the pool of Siloam, the sent waters. They fetched that water and they pour it on the ground and they start quoting Psalm 118. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for his good and his mercy endures forever. Let Israel praise the Lord for the Lord has been merciful unto them. Then he says in verse 28, verse, 20, verse 22 downwards, he comes to now begin to declare all the goodnesses of the Lord, all the powers of the Lord. And he says that, oh, the stone the builders have rejected has become the headstone of the corner. Then he says, this is the doing of the Lord. It is marvelous in our sight. This is the day the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. And 25 says, oh, save now. Send now prosperity. Then in verse 26, he said, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. And he was talking of the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Ghost will not speak of himself. He will speak of the Lord. So he does not come in his name. He comes in the name. So when they poured Siloam, they quoted Psalm 118. Downwards. And that water means the sent one. So when the water now is in you, he said, you must now first drink. If you don't drink, rivers will not flow. The church's problem is we want rivers to flow without first drinking. You must drink first. It must be your first experience. If it doesn't bless you, it will bless no man. If it didn't stir revival in you, it will revive no man. 
Papisho means increase. Stop impeding the flow of the Holy Ghost. It's the impulse of life. It's called life's first impulse. It is an action without previous contemplation. You knew that you knew without any explanation. That's why God does not reward reason. He honors obedience. Lord, should I do it? He will say yes. Lord, why? Do it. Lord, why? Do it. It's the fastest way to know if it's the devil talking. Anytime you ask why and there's an explanation, it's either your mind or the devil. God will not explain to you. Do it. Lord, why? I said do it. Don't you trust me? Do it. When you are done, he will say, that's why. God rewards your obedience with explanation. Free flow. And he said, when it flows up, there's gold. The standard of God. There's onyx stone. The operations of the spirit. There is delium. The patterns of the beauty of Christ. Allow the Holy Ghost to flow freely in you. And the nation shall be replenished. Make over over. It starts with you. On the day of Pentecost, men were baptized and the whole town came. In the time of a woman being changed in John 4, she went to call the whole town and they came and were saved that day. It starts with you. Let the Holy Ghost flow. You sit in a car, the Holy Ghost starts. Two days ago, I was with a gentleman who comes to do something for me in my house. And he called me two weeks ago, telling me, this man, this man. As soon as he called me, I was in the spirit. So he, I spoke to him yesterday. I said, you were in prison when you called me two weeks ago. He, he said, I said, yes. You lied that you went to see your sick father, but you were in prison. And he said, sir, I'm shocked. I said, yes. Now, by that action, sir, he will believe Jesus. I didn't need to be in a service. I was in the barbering saloon, and I said that. A barbering saloon. And I said, you were in prison. And this is what you did, and this is the friend that put you in that trouble. And he was shocked. He said, sir, I wanted to, I, I'm sorry for lying. I said, you lied. I knew when you were lying, it was not God. Today, child of God, we are deceived with externals because there's no free flow of God's life. There are people you meet, and from the day you met them, God said, don't be close. And you said, ah, but they are good, but God said, don't be close. I don't care whether they look nice or they are doing well. Don't be close. And every time you go, God said it. God said it, and I heard him not. Free flow. Let it flow. Church is to charge your battery. Monday is to use the battery. It's not in church you come and use your gift. Use it outside. Go and use it outside. Gihon! Gihon is bursting forth turbulence. And do you know what he said? He said, next one, next one, verse 13, quickly. I got a close. Other people are coming to preach. Oh my God. I got a close. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 13, he said, and Gihon, it flows even to the land of Ethiopia. Now, this Ethiopia is a very interesting concept. There is a concept of Ethiopia in scripture. In Jeremiah 13, verse 23, the Bible says, shall an Ethiopian change his skin or a leopard his spots? Then I shall require from you good that is used to evil. That means that anybody used to evil cannot do good just like a leopard cannot change its spots. Jeremiah 13, 23. A leopard can't change the spots. We usually use it in our English um, idioms that the character is the same. It can never change. An Ethiopian can never change his skin. He said that is the same thing. That God will require good from a person who is accustomed to evil. 
But he said, Gihon is the solution to Ethiopianness. That means the things you have struggled for 20 years to stop, it cannot stop by head power. 1323, please. It cannot stop by head power. It stops by allowing the free flow of the Holy Ghost. He leads you to the left. He leads you to the right. But after a while, it begins to burst forth like a turbulent. It's like a hydroelectric power. The turbines are spinning. Now you don't pray mechanically. Many of you pray and never get lost in time. When you are praying, no, no, get lost in the moment. You know what he said in Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 1? He said, I Habakkuk will stand upon my watch and watch. But the Amplified Classic put it nicely. Look at what he said, Amplified. Can you find that for me? Amplified Classic. Habakkuk 2 verse 1. He says, sir, I will stand upon my watch and I will think and see what God is saying in my thinking. So Habakkuk was using imagination and said, look at what he said. Look at, no, no, Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 1. The Holy Ghost will help you, don't worry. People, don't worry, don't worry, it's like that. Anytime you have a special conference, these things happen. Sometimes you are all, they're like, you don't do this every Sunday. Why is it that when we have guests? <laughs> See what he said. Oh, I know. I have been rushed to talk plainly this way to God. I will in my thinking. So he was not standing on a literal position. He was standing in his head, in his imagination. That's how he stood on his watch. He was using his imagination to stand on watch, to see what God will say. God will not speak if you're not imagining. Yes, that's why when you are praying that your mind begins to move. You are in your family house. And the more you see your mother and your father, you see a tree, something is coming along. And you don't understand. Be strong in that prayer. A lot of you, when you are praying, you get to gear three, you disembark. Don't jump out of the moving car. Let the car come to a natural stop. So when you, are, you wanted to pray for five minutes, but by the time you realize you were doing two hours, allow, allow, allow it. You thought you would pray for just the drive to your work, but when you got to the office, you couldn't stop. Good morning. The first time I prayed for 24 hours, that's what happened. You cannot pray 24 hours with your head. You need the Holy Ghost. He won't stop, so we are not stopping. Yeah. Gihon, turbulence. And after that, every addiction walk out of your life. And you didn't even, listen, you'll be tempted and you didn't see you were tempted. He gave the allegory of the drunken man in Proverbs 23. You'll be drunk and they'll beat you and you'll go like, I didn't feel it. A drunk man feels no pain. You are too sober. That's why insults get to you. Yes. You must be drunk. Reko, Babashe. You are too sober. That's why you think you are better than somebody. But when you are drunk, every drunkard says, Ah, I'm not drunk. Oh. You are the drunkard. Why are you saying I'm drunk? I'm standing steady. <laughs> so when a man is drunk, he sees others better than themselves. You can see drunk men. Gion. Turbulence. Don't joke with fastings. It's the moment for Gion. Jesus, who was Lord, often retreated for turbulence. But you are not praying on the surface. You are locked up in a realm. That is why your tongues change from the mechanics to a language. It's as if there are punctuations to it. Ah, Kubaska, ah, is come out. Ematande, O 
him out. There are punctuations and exclamations because you are in turbulence. And that's not end there. After it flows to Gihon, it flows to another called Heidekel. In verse 14 it says, and it flowed to Heidekel toward the east of Assyria. Now Assyria is a principle. In Isaiah 10, 24, he said, do not be afraid of the Assyrian. In Isaiah 19, verse 23, he said that, and in that day, there shall be a highway from Egypt to Assyria and from Assyria to Egypt, and they shall become one people. That's why Isaiah 52, verse 4, named the one who oppressed the Egyptians. He said, in the day I delivered you from the Assyrian, even from the land of Egypt. That is why in Exodus 1, there rose another Pharaoh who knew not Joseph in one generation. It means he was not of the tribe of the Egyptians. Look what he says. The Assyrian oppressed them without cause. So it was not an Egyptian. It was an Assyrian. Go to 19, Isaiah 19, 23. It tells you the, the, the compact treaty between Assyria and Egypt for which Assyrians could become pharaohs in an Egyptian land. This is why when they enter into this whole African uh, Egyptology and all that, I get so sad that they can't see. There were three categories of people that ruled. Look at it. He says, in that day, Egypt, a highway will be made. So they drove. It's like making a highway from, from Ibadan to Abiyokuta. Is it, am I correct? Abiyokuta? Yeah, you do like yes. In Niger, you do it. We are doing it with Niger. Ah, somebody is doing that. Somebody is doing that. Somebody is doing that. Oh my God. Please pray for next year. Before you get Nigerians being considered as Nigerians. Oh, you already have them. Okay. Okay. In that day, there shall be a highway out of Egypt to Assyria. And the Assyrians shall enter Egypt and the Egyptian into Assyria. So this is where the alliance came. So that in that time when Joseph had died, an Assyrian became the Pharaoh. That's why he began to kill and foster wickedness to the same family that saved the nation once upon a time. So Assyria is one of the haughtiest, deadliest enemy of Israel. But he said, when you enter Haidakel, Haidakel means rapid power. <laughs> so from bursting into turbulence, now you have power to meet any enemy of your life. Any enemy, let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. Do you know when that was said in Psalm 68? It was in Numbers 10 35. They lifted the ark of the Lord, and the Bible says Moses shouted, Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. So when God's presence is lifted, enemies will find their place. So it's time for the rapid power to intensify. And when it intensifies, when you show up, you are the light of the world. There's no discussion. Get out. You see, when you are in the flesh, you do out, out, come out, out, out. They say, I won't go. Hey, baby. He said, out. I said, I won't go. Hey, if you do, I will beat you. Hey, how are you to? You are not in the spirit. Before Jesus spoke, the demon started asking questions. <laughs> Sir, <laughs> have you come to cast us out before our time? So they were bringing legality. Because according to the scripture, sir, their time was not up. <laughs> so he said, <laughs> so the, the demons, before Jesus said out, they were now asking for a softer punishment. We like the pigs. Cast us out into, we want the pigs, sir. <laughs> he said, oh yeah, go. That is when you have entered rapid power. That's the realm when you get to certain dimensions. There are things you were dealing with. You'll be so drunk with God's power. It is not an issue again. 
the day you faint, your strength is small. So adversity is the measurement of the strength you gathered when things were okay. So comfort is opportunity for massive. Build. Because surely there's a time for weeping. It will come. Last year I lost my brother. We did his one year anniversary on the 12th. I saw my elder brother and I saw death on his face. I said, take this handkerchief. You are healed. You are kept by God's power. I was in South Africa and I got a call from my mother. Adam, pray. I said, what is it? He said, your brother was screaming and they are taken to the hospital. I said, Father, I've held on to your word. Calamity will not strike twice. In one year. In one month. This November death thing is a contract in the spirit that some people shouldn't see the end of the year. November is not the time to sin. If you like sinning. <laughs> it's the time to be serious because chances are that you will not see December. It's a plan from hell. Don't, that's why strange deaths always happen in November and you don't know how. And sir, he had a punctured intestine. They had to cut his entire bowel. I was with him yesterday. And he said, as soon as I saw you, I got strength. I said, yes, I'm here. Then God said, you see that handkerchief you gave? Of course, I don't give handkerchief as a direction. But God spoke to me. He signified it that he needs a contact. Because he's not too serious with God. So he needs something to hold. He said, use it. So that will be covered. I would have lost two brothers in one year. Rapid power. Adversities, adversities are coming. I told many people 10 years ago, the closer the coming of the Lord gets, the more likely our faith will look powerless. Because people will have to learn how to endure things. So sometimes it's even God who says, that faith you just don't pray and you just get up, it's done. They'll say, no, this season, you need capacity. You need to build stronger one. Two years ago, faith won't work this year. And 2023, the faith you need is not this year's faith. Contend for the faith. And that faith was the type that men were willing to be beheaded. That is the faith men were happy to enter prison. And Paul was to be freed, but he told the king, I want to see you. So I wrote a letter to Caesar so that there's nothing you can do. Felix and Agrippa said, ah, we were going to release you, but you have petitioned Caesar. He said, yes. So that when he got there and Nero was trying to pester his life, according to Romans 16, he said, they that of the Praetorian, and Philippians 1, verse 12. He said the Praetorians, 12 and 13, have also become a company believing the gospel that they see in me. Then in Romans 16, when it was ending, greet them that are of the household of Caesar. So Nero's wife and her children and the workers in the house were now members of the church of Paul. So Paul said, I need Caesar. A day is coming. Some of you must enjoy prison. You must say, I like let them lie, but I'll go there. When I was in prison yesterday, I understood it. They need God. They need perspective. Otherwise, they'll come back and I could see demons in people's faces. Anger to venge and carry out what is in their heart for which they are suffering here. And I said, let it go. Else you return. But here on earth, you can be bound. But there in heaven, you'll be free. Tonight, this afternoon, sorry, we always preach in the evenings. <laughs> Speak in the language of the Spirit. 
Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org.